Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Welcome to The Shit Show. Oh, hi. I'm sorry. I didn't see you there. That's totally awkward random. Kia ora, team, and welcome back to another episode of your favourite news podcast, The Shit Show. Nicholas, how the hell are you? Oh, look, Luce, it's, I'm, I'm bloody good. I'm sitting here in my little studio. I've made a few improvements to last week. I've got a table now, which is good. No, guys, it's really funny. If you look at Nick's, what he's calling studio, I don't know why he's gone American with studio, but he's sitting under like one of those scratchy old blankets that you used to have on your bed with a clothes horse and this is what I can see and like the things that this 25 year old has to do like no dignity Lucy I'm 26 I'm 26 <gasps> that's in Barrow that makes it even worse doesn't it is in Barrow is me is me saying in Barrow shortened version of embarrassing you can't even see my table I'm using two two boxes of wine from my winery as a table my winery so, as if he owns a winery my winery yeah the winery at which I work I should say <laughs> this is bagging on Nick um 101 far too early into the podcast yeah look Lucy it's been literally 30 seconds so thank you I know we have to apologize because something happened last week where um every episode of the shit show was sort of saying temporarily unavailable and it was a real shit show and it was actually really annoying because we had a fucking good episode last week so if you couldn't listen or haven't listened to that Go back and give it a listen. It should be fixed now, right? Mm, yeah. Everything should be fixed. And this week, we are talking about Facebook. Everything Facebook. Because not only have so many internal documents been leaked from Facebook, and like honestly, what a fucking shit show of a company, um, they also went down this week on my birthday to give me a day off Mark Zuckerberg lost like $7 billion that day or something. Stock prices went down. And that wasn't even the worst part of his week. So there is a lot to talk about, right, Nick? Luce, if I lose $10 in the street, that's the worst part of my week. So I, I, can't imagine, I can't imagine what else would have had to happen to make it worse. Oh, well, thank God you're not Mark Zuckerberg. Though you do kind of look like him, you lizard man. Lucy. <laughs> That's not you, very nice of no. you to say. Nick, for anyone that needs a picture in his head, looks kind of like Jesse Eisenberg and Mark Zuckerberg and a sheep, if they were all mixed. <laughs> Lucy! <laughs> I don't look like that. <laughs> and so, I also look moving, similar to Nick, so... That's... We're moving on. Lucy, before you drag me even further, what was the weirdest thing you saw on the internet this week? Tell me. The weirdest thing I saw on the internet this week... Um, I'm sorry, I'm still laughing about my description <laughs> of you. The weirdest thing I saw on the internet this week was, um, did you see the Simpsons Balenciaga show? 
No, I didn't. Okay. So this was so weird. Um, I kind of missed it on the day it happened, but then I just watched it today and I'm like, what the fuck? So me and Nick are massive, massive fans of The Simpsons. We um, actually talk about it on one of our episodes uh, reviewing old childhood TV theme songs. We go quite deep into The Simpsons. But this week at Paris Fashion Week, Balenciaga, um, instead of doing a catwalk show, played a 10-minute skit of The Simpsons. Um, and The Simpsons, basically Homer needs to buy Marge a birthday present. He forgets typical Homer, and then he um, writes to Balenciaga and is like, I forgot to get my wife a present. She's so deserving of a Balenciaga dress. Marge gets to try on the dress, and then they end up all going and walking in the Balenciaga fashion show. And Waylon Smithers wears this dress. He has to choose between a dress and a suit, and he wears a dress, and he looks so fierce. Just let me say that. Smithers has been a gay icon and waiting for a long time now, right? Literally. Do you remember the the licorice whip scene from the uh, <laughs> yes. from the Simpsons? No. Do you remember when he turns on his computer and it's like? Waylon, you're so good at turning me on. And it's all these bits of Mr. Burns, like, clipped into different, like, edited together. Oh, the Simpsons are so good. Nick, can you just give a laugh so it doesn't sound like I'm laughing on my own? <laughs> oh, yeah. Is that good? Yeah. Great work, Rubes. Um, edit that over the top. Nick, <laughs> what was the weirdest thing you saw this week on the internet? Right. Well, I'm going to start off by reading the caption that goes along with the photo. Okay. After killing the two males she was paired with, Walnut the Crane fell in love with her zookeeper. So Crane is in the mechanic crane or... Yeah, yeah. The crane <laughs> that just lifts heavy shit. No. <laughs> I'll I'll post the I'll post the photo on the shit show Instagram, but it's basically um, a zookeeper who looks kind of nervous to be honest, standing by a crane, which is like a big bird, and the bird's actually huge. The bird's almost as tall as him. He's probably nervous because the crane's killed her two past lovers. Yeah, three strikes, right? <laughs> um, it's not looking good for um, what's his name, Chris Crow. Is his name Chris Crow? Yes. Of all last names, it's another fucking bird. So so when they get married, she's going to be called Walnut Crow the Crane. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when they inevitably get married. I'll read a little bit more of this article. It has not been proven that Walnut killed her previous suitors. However, there is a persistent rumour in the white-naped crane conservation community that she did. How can they hear the rumours that the cranes are telling each other is what I want to know. Lucy, no, it's not... <laughs> It's not the cranes themselves. It's the conservation community. Oh, no. I, I come on this podcast, like, telling the news and then out myself as such an idiot on every episode. Walnut initiated their courtship, performing the opening moves of a mating dance. Oh, God. Is there a video? Because you should put that on the shit show Instagram. Chris accepts that he is pretty much married to this bird. White nape cranes live to be about 60, and they mate for life. So he knows that he can't retire while Walnut is alive. <gasps> At the time of the article, Walnut was 36 and Chris 42. Oh, God. So he literally is tied into a marriage with this fucking bird? Yeah. Do you think yep, he loves so, it back? Well, not judging off the picture, if I'm honest. Oh, maybe it was just clickbait. They just really wanted the crane community to get some clout. Oh, look, I'll post this series of pictures on the shit show Instagram. It's actually pretty interesting. You can see for yourself, Chris Crow, how nervous he looks standing next to Walnut the Crane, um, and a few other bits and pieces. Pretty interesting. Very weird. 
Anyway. Very, very weird. Now, the first story we're talking about today, we're, we're doing only Facebook stories today, really. Um, the first story is also one of the weirdest things that happened on the internet this week. Nick, can you please talk about Facebook, Instagram, and WhatsApp going down and what the hell happened? What the hell happened? So there was a really good Twitter thread by Alex Hearn, who is a tech editor of the Guardian newspaper over in England, that explained the outage in, in really simple to understand terms, which is basically what we're all about here at Cisco. Yeah, well, fuck yeah. That's our whole <laughs> business model. So anyway, I'll just, I'll just do a quick rundown of that, and it basically it explains it really well. Please. So basically what happened is Facebook accidentally, you'd hope, or... That's a really good way to get yourself fired. Sent an update to a deep level routing protocol, which is essentially the address book of the internet that said, hey, we don't have any servers anymore. This is coming from Facebook. Now, normally normally this wouldn't be too bad. You just send another update saying, Haha, whoops, uh, we do have servers, they're over here. Um, and things will still get a little bit like fucked around and it takes a minute or two for the message to spread all around the world and um, get things back to normal. Bit of egg on the face, you know, shit happens. But that wasn't really the issue. The issue was that since vertical integration is so hot right now, Facebook runs everything through Facebook itself. So when its servers were booted off the internet, basically all of Facebook's internal systems were booted off as well. So Facebook runs everything through Facebook. So when Facebook said that all its servers were gone, then Facebook couldn't access... <laughs> The place to tell them, oh shit, we didn't mean to say that. Yeah. So Facebook basically uses a version of Facebook Messenger as their like their Slack or their Teams. So you couldn't log into the system to send the message to say, hey, all of our servers are here. So metaphorically, you couldn't walk through the door and go and fix the problem. You physically couldn't walk through the door to fix the problem because all of the security systems were on these servers as well. So so what? People like they couldn't get into Facebook headquarters either. The door was locked. You couldn't get in. And they couldn't even send a message to security saying, hey, come get the key. So essentially, because everything was run through Facebook, because Facebook is high and mighty and everything should always be run through Facebook, Facebook deleted Facebook basically and then Facebook couldn't get back in to fix it. Yeah. That's so fucking funny. It is really crazy. So yeah, basically Facebook were left up shit creek without a server. So Facebook being down and Instagram being down, that was great. Like I actually love that and I'm sure a lot of people hopefully went out and had like meaningful conversations instead of scrolling. No, I just went to Twitter. You just went to Twitter, right? Yeah. Different types of people in the world. The thing is WhatsApp, which is also owned by Facebook... Going down is a huge fucking deal, especially in developing countries. Like, so, so many people do their business or doctors and dentists and any healthcare workers, they operate through WhatsApp because it's cheaper to use something like WhatsApp or even Facebook over there than it is to, like, send a text or phone someone. Even politicians use WhatsApp. And so, like, it really just reiterated how much Facebook runs the world in a fucked up kind of way it shows how much we're reliant on single pieces of technology exactly i saw a really funny no okay it wasn't even really funny i saw this funny ass thing that was like i don't know why facebook went and bought up instagram and whatsapp when they could have just downloaded them for free on the app store <laughs> oh 
Oh, no. <laughs> no, I thought that was good. Yeah, but like, okay, me and Nick also have a podcast on Attack of the Clones and like everyone either, uh, what is it? Copy, acquire or kill. Like these tech companies will just copy, acquire or kill each other. And Facebook has done that and um, it shows that sometimes when you copy, acquire, kill everything, it will go down and then you will have nothing for what, seven hours? Seven hours. Longest seven hours of my life. I'm sure you were pretty happy. On the mimosas. I honestly, I was on the mimosas. I have kind of a drunk episode of Culture Vulture that went out that day. So you guys should go and listen to that. It's real funny. But I got a bit of a morning off. Now, Nick, I can see here that there's something about banning Finster as well. Yes. Will you commit to ending Finster? Senator, uh, again, let me explain. We don't actually, we don't actually do do Finsta. What Finsta refers to is young people setting up uh, accounts where they want may want to have uh, more privacy. You refer to it as privacy from their parents. What, what in my interaction with teens, what I found is that they sometimes like to have a an account where they can interact just with their with a smaller group of of friends. Well, Finsta that, is that one said, of your. We've actually. Finsta is one of your products or services. We're not talking here about Google or Apple. It's Facebook, correct? Finsta is slang for for a type of account. Okay, it's will not, you end that type product. of account? We, I, I'm not sure I under, understand exactly what you're asking. What I can say is that based on what we've seen in terms of, of teens using those kinds of accounts, we've actually given them additional privacy options to, to, address, to address those kinds of issues where they want more privacy so that they can have more privacy. Well, I don't think that's an answer to my question. So that was a question asked genuinely by the 75-year-old senator from Connecticut, Richard Blumenthal directed at Facebook's head of safety, Antigone Davis, during a Senate hearing on the safety of children online. Now, Lucy, for all the senators at home who might not know what a Finster is, do you want to tell us? I do. It's really funny. Will you commit to banning Finster? Um, We actually are going to have an episode of Extremely Online all about Finsters. It's essentially, it's quite fucked up, actually. Like, it's not your public-facing Instagram, but it's your private Instagram. They're often you actually show your authentic self on. So it's sort of like, well, why aren't, why isn't Instagram a platform that you feel like you can show your authentic self on anyway, which I'm about to go into when we start talking about the Facebook files. But yes, a Finsta is your fake or false Insta. Do you have a Finsta loose? I don't. When I was at uni, I had one called Get Fucking Loose. <laughs> like loose spelt L-U-C-E. <laughs> yeah. And it was really funny. But I think that was just practice for Siska. Siska's now my finster. Siska's now your finster. <laughs> Siska's now my finster. The shit show's my finster. Yeah. Well, except now everyone knows you look like Mark Zuckerberg, Jesse Eisenberg, and a sheep. And a sheep. <laughs> of which I don't. Right. Anyway, now, I'm sure this came from a really genuine place and that he just got his phrasing wrong. But he did double down on it, which just adds to the cringy nature of the whole thing. Because earlier in this hearing, he was making statements about what Finsters actually are. But that didn't stop the internet not only going in on him, but also highlighting how behind Congress are on not only understanding what the internet actually is and how rapidly it's changing, but how behind they are on regulation as well. Yeah. Now, I'm going to talk a little bit about regulation. And actually, one of the really good bits about... Um, 
Frances Haugen, the whistleblower from Facebook, is she's really good at putting things into layman's terms. And actually, when she testified, it became quite clear that like lawmakers are getting better. Like they're no longer asking stupid questions like, and how does Facebook make money? And how does Facebook collect its data? Blah, blah, blah. They're actually they're committed to banning Finster. Yeah, no, that they actually seem to be looking now more at the algorithms because like they're actually trying to understand them. So like I feel like it's late, but they might be they might be getting there. Let's fucking hope so. So with that I am going to talk to you all about the Facebook files because this has been a huge story this week that I have honestly been gobbling up. Lucy, I'm going to put my conspiracy theory hat on for a second. Do you think that Facebook going down was a ploy to cover up the Facebook file? I don't think so, but it is hilarious that just after the whistleblower announced herself, the person leaking all the files, and like a 60 minutes interview went live, Facebook went down. It's it's not, mm. it's not, no, it's not mm. a conspiracy. It's just It makes bad you luck. think, though, doesn't it? Well, I don't know if we can keep you on this podcast if you're going to be talking like that, Nick. Alrighty, I'll, I'll keep quiet. <laughs> I'll just go fuck myself. <laughs> no, so also, just on a side note, I learned today that um, Mark Zuckerberg used to punch the ear and say company over country at the end of his meetings. Yeah, I do too. What, fucking what meetings you have? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I just do that in my, by myself in the tractor. Yeah, the thing is, when Mark Zuckerberg says company over country, he quite literally means it. Anyway... I'm going to give you guys a rundown of the Facebook files. Basically, it's a huge, huge, huge data leak of internal information from Facebook. Um, they were leaked by a whistleblower called Frances Haugen, who worked with writers at the Wall Street Journal, who have like really, really brilliantly reported on all the files. So, okay, really top line. I'm going to go through what what was uncovered or like the big things that were uncovered. Um, One of the big things was that celebrities or people with huge platforms, people that have the most influence over everyone or like over public opinion, over anything, they basically had a get out of moderation free card. So they had um, a whitelisting system called Crosscheck, which is basically where if you had a large following, you were added to a whitelist and then pretty much you could post whatever you want because, because... Facebook had mucked up a few times and accidentally taken down posts from celebrities or accidentally sort of moderated celebrities and or deleted their accounts and it didn't look good. So they decided it was just easier to not moderate just them. Just to give them a free rate. Yeah, which is absolutely not because these are the people that have the most influence. So you sort of should be looking at them. So that's one of the big things. Um, another big thing is that Facebook knows they've done research and they know and they've had meetings about the fact that they're ruining um, especially young girls self-esteem on Instagram one in three people uh, one in three young women that use the app feel worse about themselves after being on there and and they know this and also like Instagram will really scarily like if you search I don't know like healthy recipes to cook it will send you down a cycle of like sort of kind of triggering content or content that could be harmful in terms of eating or like body image I don't know there's just really bad practices there which kind of brings me to this whole 
Facebook plus kids scenario. Now, Facebook were also building an Instagram for kids, which they've just said they're pausing, which is for the best. But actually, there was an internal meeting where they talked about how they could leverage playdates to get kids onto Facebook Messenger younger. Like playdates when you go and see your kid. I mean, your your friends at like four years old. At like four, yeah, literally playdates because they're oh such an God. in for like, you know, then they're there for ages from four up and then their parents are there because they're moderating what you're doing on Messenger and it's just like, it's really fucked up. And okay, this next one, which is not new at all, but the fact that Facebook and its algorithm prioritise engagement and whether it's true or false, if you're commenting, if, if you're sharing it, if it's getting heaps of sort of, if it's keeping you on the app for ages, they'll prioritise that over ethics every fucking time. Like if Mark Zuckerberg was given the chance to have a really safe platform, but it would mean that they were spending two hours less a day on it, he would choose to have a scary platform, but people are stuck on it. It doesn't pay the bills, loose. Safety doesn't pay the bills. Oh God. Well, that's the thing is that, They haven't tried. Maybe if Facebook was a nicer place to be, it would work out in their favour. Oh, honestly. And, okay, the next thing is, and the reason this whistleblower sort of did all of this is because um, after the 2020 election, they got rid of the team that she worked on, the civic integrity team, because they felt like, oh, yep, they've done their bit to sort of mitigate the fake news or whatever in the um, 2020 election. Let's get rid of the team that looks at keeping this place safe. Right. Now, when you get, you're getting rid of an integrity team, that speaks volumes, doesn't it? You've got no integrity. And then and, and then we had, obviously, the Capitol riots. There's, there's just so, so much wrong with, like, choosing to keep people on a really unsafe platform that, like, prioritises false news or people's opinions over, like, truth because... It will get shares and create, like, drama. Also, um, the whistleblower, Frances, she wanted to do what Twitter does. When you want to share an article, it asks you to read it before you share it. And Facebook wouldn't, like, people in the team that work at Facebook have been giving ideas and wanting to change the nature of this platform. And for business's sake, Facebook just won't do it. And honestly, I'm just so ready for people to understand, like even these lawmakers, to understand that it's wrong and do something about it. And I think that Frances Haugen, the whistleblower, has done a really good job at at explaining this in like really, really accessible terms. The whole reason she actually like came forward with these documents, by the way, these documents were just there for anyone who works at Facebook to see. Facebook has their own workplace version of Facebook. So like instead of using Google Drive or whatever, they have a Facebook because of course they do. And these um like all these documents were just there and she was like she was like basically like why is not everyone shook about this? She's real passionate about it because um she lost someone a really close friend to misinformation. Like they got radicalized on Facebook and on like 4chan and Reddit. And so she was like, okay, I'm going to do this job because I want to fix it. And then she pretty quickly like realized that there was nothing she could do. She couldn't get past like anyone of importance at Facebook to make any changes. And so she ended up talking to the Wall Street Journal and 
now we have the Facebook files, which is like real bad for Facebook. These past two stories have really shown how much of an influence Facebook has on our society, right? Yeah, I read a um a really good piece just before this in Recode by Vox that was talking about how everyone sort of compares Facebook to big tobacco, but it's actually more like big oil because unlike tobacco where you can avoid cigarettes, right? Once you learn that they're bad for you, like I get the the um, comparing the two because they're unhealthy and like people didn't know for ages and then you had to put regulation. But like you can avoid cigarettes at the end of the day. You actually can't avoid Facebook. So it's more like big oil because as devastating as like oil is for the world and the environment, you also kind of need it and rely on it the world relies on it like the world especially the developing world relies on facebook and i thought that was a really good point we could talk for hours on how bad facebook is even just sitting here thinking i'm thinking about like coups they've they've helped instrument so like oh my god like vaccine misinformation like fucking genocides literally in myanmar like their communication tools and the dehumanizing that happens on their platforms that they don't work hard enough to to fix or to help or to mitigate. Duncan Grieve from the spin-off actually just wrote a really good piece about regulation um, on Facebook. And he likened it to how when we got cards, they were sort of this this new invention, right? And they were great. Some people were wary of them, whatever. And then people started dying because they didn't have seatbelts or like earbags or drink driving limits. And so, you know, then what do you do to stop people dying or getting hurt? You put in these safety precautions. Same goes for like takeaways and things like that. We don't have any of that for Facebook. We don't have any safety around it. Anyway, solutions. I'm going to give some of Francis, the whistleblower's solutions. Now, it's obviously not like a a fucking one solution fixes all scenario, but she's actually really against breaking up Facebook, which a lot of people call for because Facebook's obviously huge. It owns Instagram and WhatsApp and everything. As we said earlier, it basically runs runs the world, like in terms of communication and, and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, But she's quite against breaking it up just because while it's in the state it's in, it's sort of, she reckons it's causing like 10 small problems instead of trying to fix the problem in one core place. I I honestly, I don't know where I sit on that, but that's just an interesting thing to think about. She also thinks focusing on the algorithms, like and, and Facebook being more transparent, one, about what the algorithm does, and two, like, regularly giving out the data on it so that people like us or, like, YouTubers or whatever can go and then break it down for people, you know, create some sort of commentary about inside the algorithm. And, like, I would find that shit interesting. Yeah, you, I imagine you really would. But that sort of gives away their, their trade secret, doesn't it? Yeah, I know, but that's, like, called being ethical. It's funny because you really sound like you're on Facebook's team in this. No, I'm not. <laughs> Delete Facebook. <laughs> Delete but Facebook. also the Facebook marketplace is really handy. But there's also an interesting thing where it's like no one our age even uses Facebook. So I feel like it is having this kind of nice decline. Like I honestly do think, and again, there was a really good piece in the New York Times. Actually, Duncan Grieve, the writer that we were talking about before, sent it to me to read. And it's about how basically Facebook is already kind of in decline and it's not exactly about the law and it's not about them being in financial trouble it's just that actually 
hopefully less people are just starting to use it naturally. I mean, again, for developing countries, privilege, it's a privilege not to have to rely on it. But I feel like it's seriously on its way out, or it fucking should be, or honestly... I'm just so happy about the Facebook files, and I feel like such a nerd about the Facebook files, but it is who I am. It's like the next big thing to hit Facebook after Cambridge Analytica, which I I wasn't really in the know when that happened. You weren't thinking about that at the time? No. Now, this was all pretty, pretty dark and heavy, Luce. Do you want to hit us with a good news story, please? Yes, I can. Okay, I wrote about this in the newsletter today. Cutest thing ever. Otis has won 2021 Fattest Bear of the Year. Basically, Alaska, um, in a national park in Alaska, they have, every year they have the fattest bear of the year. And Otis, so he's missing a few teeth. And at the start of the competition, he was so skinny you could see his rib cage. But then the boy really pulled out his salmon fishing skills. And... Won it for the fourth time. Fourth time? Yeah, 2014, 2016, 2017. The boy won it. He's the goat. Yeah, he's the bear. <laughs> the best eater. Best uh, eater the... and roarer. Roar means I love you in beer. Oh. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, oh, yuck. Tumblr 2009. Um, Nick, do you have a comment of the week for me? Yes, Lisa, I do have a comment of the week. Um, it's actually on your post of the Twitter thread by Alex Hearn that I referenced earlier. About Facebook? About Facebook, yes. It's just simply, who got fired? <laughs> God, there were some honestly really good memes that came out of the Facebook thing. Oh, it was so good. It's funny because Nick texts me being like, there's the big news story that you were like asking for. Because I've been obviously writing the newsletter every day. When there's not much sort of big to comment on and you're having to pick new things every single day... It ain't easy, but this Facebook thing is a gift that kept on giving for my birthday. My comment on the w- of the week was um, literally the thousands of happy birthday comments that I got. It was a really wholesome and cute. So thank you all, my Gs. Also, thank you everyone for nominating um, the Shit Show and Culture Vulture for the New Zealand Podcast Awards. Saw the other day that we've got two noms. That's so cool considering like, we just started this podcast from our bedroom. Well, actually, Culture Vulture, we got to do in a studio. But the shit show has been bedroom like from day dot, right? Yeah, yeah. Don't forget your roots. I'm still in my bedroom. And it looks like you're still in yours. Yeah, I am because we're in lockdown. But I thought we were going to get through a whole podcast without talking about lockdown. Oh, <laughs> uh, sorry. No, that's fine. Nick, I think that's all That's all the Facebooking I've got for the people. How about you? Yeah, I'm just about Facebooked out, to be honest. Same. Where can people find you? They can find me on Instagram when it's up and running. Uh, at, at the shit show if you type that into your search bar you're surely to find it uh, also I've got well we've got a Twitter now so if you're if you're so inclined as to the the twit jump on there and give us a follow we we post some pretty marginal marginal stuff over there so honestly team I think I need to do some more training with Nick um, on the podcast because he just said if you're so inclined on the twit. Yeah, alright. You know what I meant. No, sorry, Nick. I've been doing this for years. You're new, and honestly, I love having you here. If you do want to find me, 
probs on shit you should care about. I've also been spending quite a bit of time in the Discord lately. I love it in there. All these things are at the link in bio. But actually, the place that I will respond to you um, the quickest and in the most detail is definitely the morning newsletter replies. It's a party in the inbox. Newsletters are the new newspapers and all the things I like to say to sell it. Have it with my Vogels and peanut butter with my coffee in the morning. Yeah, I get so many people saying that it's like part of their morning routine and like that's the goal, right? Just so that y'all don't have to do the work and you can think about me at 6am doing it for you. How good. Anyway, thank you for joining us. See see you guys next week. Bye, everyone. Tired of ads barging into your favourite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.